yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday, and that means it's time for the WWE Raw Wrestling Inc. after show. And have we got a show for you, not just because of all the stuff that happened on Raw, but Triple J is back at full strength, baby. I'm Jack Farmer being joined by Jimmy Corderas, but let's just get right to it. Justin Labar back in action. How you feeling? I'm rested, refreshed, and ready to go. So good. I miss you guys. Yeah, yeah we, we, we miss you. you too. You know, me and Jimmy over here, we had to shoulder the load while you were gone. This, I mean, it, it, it's hard. It's hard work carrying your load, Justin. <laughs> I, I have a large load. What can I say? <laughs> Take, take that how more, you will. Yeah, nothing more to be said at this time, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, doctor, that, doctor said there's nothing wrong with what I was doing. I don't know. That does it for us, folks. We'll see you next time. <laughs> oh man. Well, this is gonna be a fun show. Everyone who's in the chat, <laughs> like, comment, share, subscribe. Uh we, this is going to be an interesting one. We got uh, NYC Diva and Diva in the chat, by the way. Celebrity appearance. Good to yeah. see you. Um, let's talk about this show. Or let's not talk about the show. Let's talk about news first. That's how this whole structure works. Justin, you got me all flustered now that you're back. I don't know how this show works. My uh, load. Dist- you started talking about my load. It distracted you. <laughs> you can stick to a script format was, here. It was a <laughs> don't get me <laughs> started. Big load. Don't get me started because you know Justin's load is a distraction. Let's put it. <laughs> well, I've been told. <laughs> okay, not, not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get into it. Okay, we got uh, medical updates. <laughs> Weird transition. Medical updates. <laughs> Uh, Fightful Select is reporting that Bray Wyatt is still sidelined with an illness that has kept him out of action since February. Wyatt had been set to feud with Bobby Lashley in a storyline that has reportedly also set to involve Uncle Howdy and Alexa Bliss. But Wyatt's injury has led to all involved essentially being shelved, even Lashley, who's been off TV as of late. According to the report, WWE has been hesitant to make plans for Wyatt as getting him cleared to compete has been more difficult than expected. Uh, Meanwhile, former NXT champion Johnny Gargano has also been out with an injury but according to another Fightful report, he is no longer injured and was almost involved in WWE's recent episode of Raw in Gargano's hometown of Cleveland, Ohio. So, Justin, good news, it sounds like, for uh, Johnny Gargano. It sounds like we should be seeing him soon. But Bray Wyatt, uh, not just on-screen mystery, but uh, behind-the-cameras mystery. I don't know what's going on with him, but uh, sounds like we might want to uh, maybe not, not uh, hold our breath waiting for him. Yeah, uh, with Johnny, um, and we'll, I'll kind of drop it in later. There was a point tonight in Raw where I, I thought maybe I could uh, fantasy book and see where he might get himself back in the picture. So that's good news that he is healthy. Yeah, with Bray, it, it, you know, Bray, I, and I, I'm a, again, I'm a fan of Bray. I've given him a lot more uh, patience than other fans have in terms of the hocus pocus and getting answers to some of his riddles and rhymes. You look back at you look back at the last few incarnations of him. The, obviously, the original Wyatt family went off really well his first couple years, which it was just actually the ten year debut of that uh, just a few days ago. Crazy enough, um, but then since that, you know, Fiend and Funhouse, and 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 then the most recent this one, it, it, he's such a slow burn storyteller. He's like a filmmaker who keeps getting, 
runs out of money to finish the movie, runs out of film, whatever, loses his location between you know getting released when he did, I think as a, you know during COVID and 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 then this mystery absence from TV, like it, they they get going and and it's, and, it's, and it's not and he's like the one guy who you can't afford to have like this stuff happen because he is such a long term detail storyteller. You got to keep tuning in to see where it's going to go. He's not like he's a shotgun. You know, this is a two-week thing kind of person. He likes to slow play it, and it looked like WWE and Creative were committed to that again when they brought him back last fall under the nature they did. And we and we started developing Uncle Howdy, and we and we started developing more, and it looked like we were going somewhere. And then, you know, after Rumble, it's been, it's you know, it's been radio silence, and as you said, it's it's a, some kind of illness. Obviously, you want him to be healthy and okay. Um, that, that that that's a number one before he can step back in the ring. But this is. As a Bray Wyatt fan, this is just very frustrating. Um, I, I keep thinking, oh, we're approaching a big show like SummerSlam. They're gonna they're gonna surprise us and get him back out there. But then you hear these reports, and it's like it's been seven months, six, seven months, and and he's still dealing with an illness. Like, how severe? What are we talking about here? You know? Yeah. No, it's it, it it hard to hard to say what it is, and it you know you again you just hope it's nothing. Um, you know, you, you just hope it's something serious. I mean, obviously it's keeping him out of the ring, but you're just hoping it's nothing that's like life bad. Uh, right. Cause, cause when you say life bad, Jack, you know, what's, yeah. sc- what's scary. And I don't think it's like this. I'm, I'm just purely just spec, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think it's this, but when you say life bad, I can't help, but my mind can't help to go to somebody who's linked very close to him. The late Brody Lee, you know, his former Wyatt family brother and who uh, Brody was sick a couple years ago and, and the AEW and the wrestling community kept it very quiet that those who knew kept it hushed. They, they respected the family's privacy and it did not become public that he was sick until his tragic passing. Uh, mm-hmm. and, I, and again, I, I'm stressed. I'm not saying that I think Bray Wyatt's in that situation, but it does help it. But it's, it's hard to not think about when somebody is just mysterious off TV and we just keep getting little birdie things over the fence saying, Oh, he's sick. Yeah, you just start to go. How bad is it? What is going on? Why hasn't WWE, or will they? Can they say anything more public to try to calm people's concerns? Yeah, it's um, yeah. Jimmy, have you? Is there anything that you've experienced your time at WWE that you'd be able to share? Obviously, health stuff is always a bit personal, mm-hmm. but um, anything that you've seen that you would be able to share, like where a situation like this has happened, or any insight that you've seen from behind the curtain on something uh, like that. Honestly, to be perfectly honest, there's nothing specific that I could share here on 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 you know on a specific person. But I have seen in the past where uh, certain situations come up with certain individuals that uh, you know because the the WWE's policy when it comes to testing individuals, it, it's not just um, you know like for any diseases or anything like that. But you know, there's there's uh, regular blood tests. There's uh, other things that are going on, they, they make sure that the talent is healthy before they enter the ring. That's one of the things you have to say. Um, so I have seen that talent that have been kept out of the ring because of certain concerns um, over the years. And like Justin said, you just hope that it's nothing serious and it's something that is treatable, but the, the only issue that is going to take time to get past whatever hurdle this is that Bray Wyatt is, is dealing with. And he is, like Justin said, a slow burn character, one that you take time with. Um, and one of the things that was beautiful about his character and being on TV, he didn't have to appear live every week. 
he could appear, like you said, in the in the Firefly Funhouse. He could be, he could appear in certain uh, locations and and still do those vignettes and still appear on TV and still be visible to the fan base and to mm -hmm. the fans out there. Uh, unfortunately, whatever this is that's keeping him off TV and out of sight right now is something uh, I, I I guess to be concerned with, but I hope it's nothing too concerning. If you, like mm -hmm. you said, you don't, yeah. obviously the health and well-being of him is for, is paramount. Yeah. With all the stuff about, as we, you guys have both said about the long-term storytelling with him, my hope is that obviously I think I, my hope is that he's okay. And right now they're just trying to make sure that like, okay, you're, you're good, good. And we don't have to worry about something coming back before we bring you back on TV or something like that. Exactly. Um, Kind of like, you know, sometimes smaller injuries, they say, we'll rush you back from, but like, he's someone you don't want to rush back. You're like, okay, we're, you're a hundred percent. We're, we're good. Good. Okay. Now we can move on. Hopefully that's the, the situation with him, but good news for Johnny Gargano. It sounds like, and it sounds like they plan on bringing him back sooner rather than later. So that's good news for him as well. Also good news for the WWE is the ratings. It seems to continually get better. Uh, but according to reporting from SpoilerTV.com as well as WrestleNomics on both its Twitter and Patreon pages, SmackDown averaged 2,561,000 2, viewers uh, overall across its two hours, up from the previous week, approximately 986,000 of which were 18 to 49, up 10% from the week prior. The latter figure translates to a 0.76 in the uh, coveted demo, uh, beating out the June 2nd episode with the Roman Reigns 1000 day celebration, uh, showing that it looks like these numbers and, and ratings, Jimmy, when you have a good storyline and you keep building on it and progressing, it is going to continue to get more eyeballs. Absolutely. And people are invested in the story because it continues to get people enthralled and invested because the characters are getting us there. We're, you know, what we talk about wrestling being that suspension of disbelief going in and, and trying to enjoy the show for what it is. It is sports entertainment, regardless of whether people like that title or not. It's exactly what it is. And what everybody everybody in the bloodline is right now is motivation, motivation. Their motivation, they're invested. Mm -hmm. Where you can buy into every character and the the little twists and turns that you see, and the little things that they do to and add and enhance, like the like on on, on Friday night with the 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 trial and stuff mm -hmm. like that. The the little facial expressions, the little nuances like that. That's got people invested. It just helps tell the story that much more. And these guys and people have bought in. Yep. 100%. Yeah. Uh, Justin, uh, we haven't heard your thoughts on on this kind of stuff for a while. I, it feels like in every measurable, this bloodline story is knocking it out of the park. It's the S word story. You mm -hmm. guys keep saying story, 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 story. Storytelling will always win out. <clears throat> yes, they are in a wrestling ring that what we call that 20 by 20 square is a wrestling ring. But really, it's just the stage where drama unfolds and sometimes drama unfolds in a contest that that's that's bookended by a bell and a bell and a, and a three count or submission sometimes that stage showcases microphone and promos and body language and, and and at the end of the day that history has proven that those those segments are always your highest rated three million people never tuned in to see a particular wrestling move you know why because they've already seen the move 
dozens, if not hundreds, if maybe thousands of other times. But what happens in segments like this with the bloodline and going on trial, you don't know what's going to happen. Any any avenue, any one of a thousand different combination of things could happen. That's why three million people tune in because you haven't seen that one. That's why eight million people tune in to see Rock and Soccer or This Is Your Life, Rock, or you know uh, Jericho and Owens, the celebration of Friday. You know, it's it's again like Jimmy said, it's not among some fans. Sports entertainment is is, is deemed this dirty word, but it's like no, it's just a representation of part of the whole package yes guys eventually have to get to a match a bell-to-bell contest to resolve the issue that is what the business is built on that's the final stage but getting there is all about these little scenes and it's these scenes that prove that when these scenes do you know big numbers like three you know that's what tells you okay this is our money match at the next paper you know Roman Reigns says, acknowledge me. And look, look, the numbers are showing it. A lot of people are tuning in and acknowledging him in the bloodline. This has people captivated. And it's insane that it has people captivated. You know, look, we're talking about July in the summer. Friday night on July in the summer, that's supposed to be, people aren't supposed to be watching. You're not supposed to be getting r- record numbers for, for, for the quarter. You know, like, that, you know, no, that's not, uh, but, but they're doing it. And oh, by the way, the bloodline, it, it's not like they're a new thing. It's not like we're waiting for them to fizz out. They've been around for over a year. I think many of us might have thought, okay, the bloodline's hitting its peak at Mania with all the Sammy stuff in February, March, as we lead into to Mania. And no, we've 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 settled that. Sammy's moved on. He's in on a different show now, and we've managed to take the the bloodline to a whole next level. Now, now we're now we're having turmoil fighting within. Who knows what else? Maybe there's more bloodline members to resurface. Maybe there's a twist or a swerve that we didn't see coming. Like it, it that's what's just in insane about this is how creatively rich they are able to maintain this they have not drained the well (laughs) something i love too is i was just talking with some buddies about it and how it's funny to think we all thought that drew mcintyre should have defeated roman reigns back in cardiff and you think (laughs) that would have now that i know they absolutely made the right call and even Sami Zayn, right call cody rhodes right call because it's all working still and the numbers and uh, you know my my buddy's like no i think you know so and so i was like dude the numbers are going up the tickets are going up merch is getting more merch is sold than ever like every measurable is going up it was the right move everything they did uh and it's i mean i think they're so smart too they always leave these little cliffhangers they don't even have to say it's a cliffhanger they just you know jay uso saying i challenge you to a match but Roman doesn't answer. You got to wait for Roman's answer. And it's these little things that make you always have to tune back in. Right. Sorry not to cut you off, Jack, but yeah. you know, like you said, Roman doesn't answer, but he kind of does when you look at his face and those facial expressions. That's what tells the story. It's not just the words. It's not just the, it's some, it's the whole picture. Mm-hmm. And as uh, Mark Smith here, bloodline storyline is just good television. That's what I've been saying. I mean, I think, we forget sometimes because wrestling, it's TV. It's a TV mm-hmm. show. You got to have a good TV show. Uh, and if it was an action movie, I always say, or an action show, and you just started with two random people in a fight, and it was just random people fighting, it could be the greatest action sequences, but you'd be like, what is this about? What are we... I got to know who the characters are and what they're fighting for and what the stakes are. And when you have these stories, those are the stakes. And it's just, it's brilliant. To, it's, it's been really good. Roman cried. Come on. And that was incredible. I could not, I could not believe he cried mid promo. Cause at first I was like, well, maybe they did some desires. Like, no, he was out there for like 10 minutes before he cried. So they couldn't have, you know, gave him little water drops or something, but right. 
it's a conversation we could do a whole separate podcast on, and maybe one day mm-hmm. we do. Maybe 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 we do a conversation that's not a podcast that's not directly linked to a, a Raw or a Dynamite or SmackDown. Mm-hmm. If you look at Roman's trajectory in his career, it is so similar to Cena's, except for the difference is, and there was a point in time when Cena was still full time, where we really thought. And I think we've come to find out that there was a, a good chance of it could happen, where we all thought, okay, Cena's going heel. They're finally going to have him. He's going to have his NWO Hogan moment. And they never did. They just kind of re- resolved and said, you know what? Him being the most popular and the most hated by the splits of the audience, that's the best thing we can do. Mm-hmm. But I think what we've seen with Roman is maybe what they would have hoped for if, C- if they would have turned Cena heel. No longer is anybody sitting around going, oh, Roman's being forced down our throats, or Roman doesn't deserve it, or he's not, he doesn't have the. There's no more is there questions of. of of the office selecting Roman. Nobody questions now that Roman was the next guy to take over after Cena. Cena's now almost retired pretty much. Roman's a guy, and he's even drifted into a, a select part-time schedule in terms of appearances. But nobody questions that anymore. Nobody is sitting there screaming Roman sucks or he's forced. Everybody is hooked. You're either a fan of Roman and acknowledging him, or you hate him as his tribal chief, but you are invested in the story. You're playing along. No, I mean, I, I really think it's interesting how Roman has been able to conquer the audience in a way that we wanted to see if they could do with Cena and they just never they, they just decided just to keep the path forward and let mm-hmm. Cena be let's go Cena Cena sucks mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely and um, I think everyone in the chat seems to be uh, agreeing here <laughs> when Roman cried Jack cried <laughs> I did cry. <laughs> same same tears the single drip in my face yeah. uh, but I saw someone mention in the chat we're not going to hide from it we're going to talk about it right now <laughs> Matt Hardy and Jim Cornette got into a little uh, <laughs> war of words on Twitter. Uh, for the last several days, uh, Matt Hardy has been engaged in something of a war of words with podcast host Jim Cornette and his co-host uh, and some of Cornette's fans. The often inflammatory Cornette has a long history in the wrestling business, and Hardy stated this morning that he lost all respect he once had for the former ringside manager. He said that via Twitter. He said... Uh, you're definitely an ex-great, Hardy wrote this. I used to have massive respect for you, but that's been long gone. That's the case with many people now, and it's sad. This is my final tweet to you. Keep doing your shock jock routines and fanning those toxic flames of hate and negativity, and your zombies will slurp up. Uh, make those bucks however you can, though, right? Enjoy your life, Jim. I'll certainly enjoy mine. Uh, the current exchange between Hardy and Cornette originated on Saturday with Hardy praising the Young Bucks and Adam Page while calling Cornette's fan base toxic. Cornette replied to Hardy by accusing the AEW star of, quote, selling his soul for Adderall and lying in order to preserve his job. In response, Hardy stated he was telling the truth and sticking by his fans. Uh, and of course, it continued uh, from there. And uh, Jimmy, as all Twitter arguments uh mm-hmm. are concerned it went great for everybody involved uh but <laughs> jimmy this has got to be interesting for you because i'm sure you you know both of them mm-hmm. um what do you what's your takeaway on this it's it's uh, you know i like you said i do know both of them and i do know that jim Cornette can be a polarizing individual and get people's push people's buttons let's put it that mm-hmm. way and you know part of me thinks that Yes, Jim Cornette is an old school guy. I get that. And, you know, a lot of this, uh, quote unquote, new school mentality doesn't sit well with him. He prefers his wrestling presented in a different way. But he also has a, I don't want to say unique, but a uh, kind of a polarizing way of presenting his negative 
uh, comments, stuff that mm-hmm. he critiques. And of course, it doesn't sit well with a lot of people. And uh, Matt Hardy, I will say this about Matt. Matt's a good dude. And Matt, if Matt says something, then he truly believes it. He's not doing it to try and gain a fan base. He's not trying, trying to to get people to to jump on his 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 bandwagon, so to speak. Matt speaks his truth, but Matt Matt does it in usually a more diplomatic way. And this has turned into a war of words where uh, it, it seems like, like he said, Jim Cornette is trying to. Uh, Matt is saying that Jim Cornette is trying to rile up the toxic fan base, so to speak. But that's what pro wrestling seems to be turning to nowadays. You see that on both sides of the fence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Especially with the fans. You know, you're either a fan of this group or that. You can't. I'm a fan of pro wrestling mm-hmm. slash sports entertainment. I like what I like. And if there's something that doesn't sit well with me, I can critique it without saying that was a drizzling, you know what? Right. You know, it, it doesn't have to be like that, uh, you know. Um, but for me, it almost feels like I think Jim does this because he gets a kick out of riling people up. Let's put it that way. I mean, that was kind of his job as a manager for a long time, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Was to uh, to stir stir the hornet's nest a little and bit. And that's why he did it so well, because he enjoyed getting under people's skin. And that's what he's doing now, only under a different platform. Yeah. Yeah, Justin, it's... Um... I always think it's weird, like with, with someone like Jim Cornette, to be honest, I don't listen to him very often. And that's not for some personal reason. I just I watch a ton of wrestling and I talk a bunch of pro wrestling. And I'm not gonna, I don't spend the rest of my time filling it in with listening to podcasts. Uh, so but I, I find it interesting. It's hard for people sometimes to separate the you can disagree with someone on certain things, but also appreciate their knowledge of where they come from as well. And I think that's why these two sides seem to fight so hard when Jim Cornette says something. He he may not like something, and you may disagree, but that doesn't mean that he's he's doesn't know what he's talking about to a degree as well. Yeah, you know Jim Cornette. Um, he, he look first off, he's one of the greatest managers ever. That I, I can't you can't ever take that away. You, you can disagree with whatever he's saying on a podcast, but you can't take away his that. Uh, and mind you, Jim Cornette has me blocked. I think because uh, I, in past years I've done work here in Pittsburgh uh, with, 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 with Mark Madden and, and Mark and Jim have a long standing dislike. So I, I think I was tagged once in a tweet and I got by, by guilty by association, I got blocked. Uh, but I, that said, I don't listen to full podcasts either. Like you said, I, wrestling consumes me enough. I do catch clips, sound bites or, or transcripts of what Jim says. And I have to, that a lot of times I, Jim makes me laugh, whether I agree or disagree, he makes me laugh or see things the way he does. I'm like, yeah, I can kind of see this is kind of goofy. This is kind of whatever. Um, all that being said, though, kind of back to what J- Jimmy just said, uh, Matt Hardy is Matt is a very good dude. Matt and 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 Matt, um, look, you know, when you talk about the Young Bucks, these are, Young Bucks are, are are they looked up to the Hardys. They are they they they, they are they're. I don't want to say that this generation's Hardys, but there's there's a bond between the the, the two mm-hmm. teams. And, and and look, and and Matt knows he doesn't. You know, his time in, in WWE was done. I'm sure he'll go to the Hall of Fame one day, but his time in WWE is done. I know he's very fortunate, and appreciate to be in AEW to help try to foster something new and new talent coming through. So you know, he's going to publicly uh, support the Bucks and Adam Page and these guys uh, that are that are that are running the train over there. So. You know, I, I get Matt doing that, and Matt also—he's a really good dude. I, Matt, I put Matt—I've I've said this before. You know, I put—I've said this about people. Fans will ask, like, uh, who, who are some of the nicest or the meanest people, and I try to stay away from the meanest. But like, they ask me, you know, who's the nicest people in wrestling? And I've said people like Matt Hardy, people like Jimmy Cordero, people like Tommy Dreamer. They're the kind of people where if I hear 
if I hear somebody else in the business say something bad about them, which is not like an often thing, but if I did, it makes me question that person. Cause I'm like, if you have a problem with like these kind of people, there might be an agenda or something going on there because yeah. you know, the, it's, it's type of people in a business that's very hard to, 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 to maintain that kind of reputation. They're people that are just straight shooters and they have good integrity. They're honest they're supportive, whatever. So, you know, I, I, Matt, I'm on Matt's side at the end of the day for this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's supporting where he works right now. He's supporting the people that help keep it employed. And I don't care how carny you want to be. At the end of the day, if you've lost sight of that, I don't know what to tell you. I think that's probably the best breakdown you're going to get on the yeah. on that on that whole topic there. So Absolutely. I think I'll just leave it leave it at that. Um, let's get into the show. And uh, before we do, as always, I like to say thank you to everyone who's joining us in the chat, whether it be Huffman Elite Training, Tony or Baby Ice or Stephen Camp Killer Styles. We got Leonard Jones back. I feel like I haven't seen you in a while, Leonard. Uh, Dark Money Zone. Uh, we also got uh, JT098. Been a while since I've seen you as well. Good fella. We got uh, Dream Realm and Beer Money. I haven't seen Beer Money before. Good to see a Deadpool party uh, and so many more. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Tommy O., uh thanks so much for coming through if you're just lurking that's okay pop in and say hey i'm a lurker just see how you see just say hello why don't you but just also just uh yeah pop in and uh or like comment share subscribe five star review copy and uh paste the link into your social media tim mickles you specifically as well as big john uh but um yeah let's talk about this show already we start with Finn Balor, who says his issues with Seth Rollins aren't finished because of Damian Priest. Rhea Ripley doesn't want to want to air their dirty laundry. So Finn leaves Rhea and, re- and she reminds us that she's still super dominant. Seth comes out in his business pajamas and his uh, <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then he, uh, <laughs> he, uh, he laughs at the idea that Dominic may be able to beat him later in the night. Uh, later, Finn and Damien squash their beef, and Finn says he's going to get the first shot at Priest, and Priest reminds him that if he fails, he's got the money in the bank briefcase anyways, which still doesn't sit well with old Finn Balor, Justin Labar. Lots, I feel like this was, uh, we give some other shows a hard time for throwing a lot of stuff at us at one moment. I felt like this was definitely a lot of stuff in the opening segment, uh, but what about you? Yeah, there's a lot going on here. Um, I have to say, you know, it certainly seems that inevitably at some point Finn is going to not be wearing a Judgment Day jersey anymore. And uh, and, and, and it can be very compelling how we get there, uh, especially when you throw the dynamics in of Priest having the money in the bank briefcase and you should throw the dynamics in of, like, what are, what does Rhea and Dom do? do you know, do they side with somebody? Do they, do they, do they Switzerland themselves? Um, so it could be fun getting there. And that's that's good. You want to give yourself, you know, creative programming. I do wonder once they've got there, once we've had the payoff and the resolution. And I, again, I pr- presume that's eventually going to be Finn no longer in Judgment Day. I wonder what happens with Finn after that, because I feel like this is. I feel like Finn's run in Judgment Day has been much needed. It's done. It's done really. It's done, it's been a, kind of like a bit of a resurgence for his WWE career to an extent. And uh, I just wonder when he's if he's not in the group anymore, is is he going to slide back down the booking mountain? Hope not, but I, I, I do fear that if his days in Judgment Day are numbered, I wonder if his 
better booking days are also numbered. Yeah, that is an interesting point because you're right. It, if 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 you saw a graph of how Finn was utilized, you would definitely see the bump during Judgment Day, and it would be. It is interesting how this whole thing could shake out. Uh, Jimmy, your thoughts on this? Because I know that you're often one that likes to point out when there's a lot of potatoes in a bag that's not meant to hold as many potatoes <laughs> right. as has been put into the bag. Uh, did you feel that way about this intro uh, at the beginning uh, of this show? I, now, again, and just to be clear for everyone watching, I love a lot of potatoes. So I usually <laughs> like this. But I will say this was one where I was like, dang, Finn's out here. Seth Rollins, Rhea's talking. Well, lots of stuff happening. Yeah, no, I get it. I, and and to try and make a different analogy, it seems to be uh, trying to plant some more seeds in an already full garden. <laughs> uh, if you know what I mean. I don't know if that works. It, it works. Well as, I, I like it. But, but the, the, the interesting thing I found was you talked about when uh, when Finn and, and Damien were trying to say, okay, we're going to play nice now. We're going to make amends and... and it was the language that Damian Priest used when he said that, you know, Finn was going to face Seth Rollins. He says, and he says, whatever the result is, don't worry, I got this covered. And it's almost like it's a two-sided meaning. Like, mm -hmm. if you don't get the job done, I could cash in money in the bank briefcase for Judgment Day. Or regardless of who wins this thing, I got this briefcase, so I could cash it in at any time. And I think that's why you got that kind of half-eyed look from Finn kind of thinking, what did he mean by that? Which one was he talking about? And I like that little nuance thrown in there. Has there been a time, and I'm sure there has, but I'm just bad with this kind of trivia, where a Money in the Bank winner and a number one contender were friends like this? Because I think it's an, a fascinating dynamic where it is a little bit like, I, you know, it's, it is an, it's, a, it's a very interesting situation that um, – Finn Balor and Damian Priest are in. Has that happened before with the Money in the Bank person? Not, I don't think quite like this. And I say that pretty confidently just because, um, you know, Money in the Bank's been around since like 05 or 06. And, and really in that time, uh, WWE's not had a lot of factions and a lot of stables, you know. And if they did, I don't like, yeah, if they did, if it was Legacy or if it was Evolution or whatever, nobody in those groups really had the money in the bank at the time. Like, I, I don't, I don't think, I mean, maybe somebody will correct me, if, but I, I think, I think you're right, Jack. This is kind of a, a dynamic they don't often have. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm, I'm fascinating watching it play out. And of course, we'll see it play out a bit more as the show goes on. But mm -hmm. uh, later, we get a match between Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle versus Kaiser and Giovanni. And the story here is basically that Drew McIntyre is back and he's a beast mm -hmm. and he stares down Gunther. He power bombs Vinci. He gets the win. Post match, Gunther's upset at Vinci and so is Kaiser. Uh, it looks like there's some trouble a brewing for Imperium. Jimmy, my question for you here is we've got Imperium, we've got Judgment Day, we've got the Bloodline. All of them seem to have some thunder in paradise. Is this a problem or do you, do you like the, the drama? Uh, the drama is good, but when it happens like this, it, it, it kind of dilutes the, the, the formula, if you know what I mean. If every faction is having an issue, then why is, is it special for them? You know what I mean? The bloodline got the ball rolling. They're 
they're hitting home runs almost every week. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're like Vladdy Guerrero Jr. in tonight's home run hitting contest. He's just uh, he's just knocking them out of the park. Bloodline is anyways. Uh, now, Judgment Day is kind of a similar situation happening on the Raw brand. You know what I mean? But now it's it's kind of like when you use a certain finish too often, it starts to mean nothing. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'm worried that this is going to happen in the faction situation. And this isn't just a WWE problem. I think this is an industry-wide problem where they think, you know, having a little friction in, in, inside a faction adds drama, which it does. But if every faction has drama, then the drama means less. Yeah, Justin, do you do you like all the drama or are you more of a save the drama for your mama kind of person? Well, I, it's the same as what I just said about Finn and Judgment Day. <clears throat> you know, the drama, I mean, look, pro wrestling is drama and controversy. So drama is, you know, I guess good to an extent. But I'll tell you what, for Giovanni Vinci, you know, I said a minute ago, I worry for Finn if he's not in Judgment Day. And I say that knowing that Finn Balor, you know, was is a former universal champion and that Finn Balor has a very recognizable entrance and Finn Balor is a pretty recognizable name and face. Giovanni Vinci is none of that. Giovanni Vinci is not a recognizable face, not a recognizable name, not a former champion. Giovanni Vinci is a henchman. He is one of the henchmen, one of the, one of the guys that, that has to go hit the front line and take all the stuff to protect the ring general Gunther. Mm-hmm. Ludwig Kaiser, Kaiser started to develop a little bit of a niche for himself for the way he introduces Gunther, the way he moves and walks. He started to stand out a little bit. So basically, it's starting to feel like out of the three of them that Vinci is kind of like the odd man out. That's what it feels like now that I see this tonight where they're teasing him. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I thought, OK, Kaiser, Vinci, uh, they're not they're, they're never going to be on the Today Show <laughs> talk without Roker promoting WrestleMania. <laughs> But they might make a nice serviceable tag team, and maybe them ha- holding tag team gold next to Gunther. It's a nice, it's a nice picture. It's a nice, it's a nice, it's a nice, you know, billboard. But if they're feeling like okay, Kaiser's got a little something, and and, and Gunther only needs one right hand man, one guy to introduce him. I kind of fear that Vinci might be the odd man out, and if Vinci's not an Imperium, I don't know what he's doing, uh, unless he's got some great talent that we we don't know. And when I say talent, I mean. You know, unless he can juggle or do something that's going to get him out there on TV. Of course, he can wrestle, but everybody in WWE can wrestle. Uh, yes. You got to have that extra thing. So I'm a little worried for Giovanni Vinci, the character and the person of what this is actually aiming to, because um, it feels like he's like an odd man out. He might be, you know, dark match or back to NXT. That's just what it feels like from this tease tonight. And and to your point. It, it, now that you mentioned all that too, it makes me remember that he was sort of the odd man out when they first got called up because he stayed in NXT for a little bit and wasn't with them when they first came up to the main roster. And I don't know if there's a reason for that as well. Um, I, I, I feel like they look better as the trio, though. Um, I, I agree. I, I, too. I agree. I, I, I like the the visual of them, you know, the two guys flanking Gunther, I think, and they're all matching and they're... You know, they're stoic. I, I do too. That that's that's why this tonight kind of surprised me that this was the direction it seems that they're they're mm-hmm. you know they're they, they're teasing that they're going. Unless uh, un- unless hopefully this is a, a situation where uh, they're trying to teach uh, him a lesson and it, it kind of invigorates him. Yes. Yes. Hopefully that's the direction it goes in, as opposed to this. Oh, let's have a little tension and eventually have him facing Kaiser and. No. Yeah. 
there was uh, one thing I wanted to add to this I thought was really cool with the uh, was they had some camera angles here that I don't think we see very often. They had the the shot during the tag where Drew was holding his ha hand out. It was almost like Drew's perspective shot that I thought was really cool. And they mm -hmm. also did a really cool thing where they had the um, like they were focusing on Kaiser, but then the focus shifted and you saw Drew McIntyre behind him. And it was a cool. Mm -hmm. They were having some fun with the camera during this this match. And I don't know if that was the things that they planned or they just sort of happy coincidences, but I thought that was really cool. And it could just simply be something, let's try something a little different, some different camera angles just to get, uh, again, like you said, give the match a different look. Yep. Uh, of course, later, Riddle says that, though they say they're going to tear Imperium apart, and <laughs> Riddle says he's getting a shot at Gunther next week, but uh, Drew says, I'm going to be out of town. Riddle says, well, Vinci and Kaiser are barred from ringside, so it's all good. Justin, this is not going to end well for Matt Riddle, is it? <laughs> uh, a wrestling Booking 101 would suggest it's not. <laughs> he should be prepared to have a bad night at work. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was uh, I was saying, you notice, he uh, Riddle has his ankle tapped, taped up now. I'm mm -hmm. thinking Imperium's real game plan is to finally get Riddle to just cover his feet. So maybe they'll work the other ankle this time around. And eventually, by the time it's all said and done, he'll have some shoes on, maybe work the knees so he gets some knee pads. It'll be great by the end of this. Well, this may, might be a situation where Vinci gets back in the good graces of uh, Gunther. Um, so we get an Indashir promo. <laughs> it says, um, uh, Indashir's coming. Uh, apparently. Mm -hmm. I thought it was pretty visually interesting. Uh, I like the line, your war cry is the noise beneath our feet. Um, but Justin, as someone who appreciates uh, magic characters, and I'm going to bring this together. Uh, I feel like after seeing so many Karrion Crosses and Bray Wyatt's and on the other side, like House of Blacks and things, these promos where people kind of just speak in vague terms are starting to not resonate with me as much as they used to, if that makes sense. You know, these like, you know, darkness is coming. We shall destroy all, you know, like yeah, it's, 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 it's a, it's a throw darts on the wall. It's a, it's yeah. a, it's a dark, spooky mad gab. Yeah. Uh, of coming up with a promo of just, you know, no, I get what you mean. This is, I mean, well, it's, it's, it's especially confusing because we've been seeing this group on TV in having squash matches. So it's not like they have. It's not like the hood has been lifted. They've been. They haven't been revealed yet to us. We've seen them, uh, and then it's especially comical because one of them, um, Veer, he mm -hmm. was coming for six weeks or six months rather. Um, he had a heavy uh, load to carry too. <laughs> his load was pretty historic. Uh, for six months, we saw. So I, I don't. I don't know what to make of of this. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to just poo-poo it but baffling at best yeah jimmy this this to me on the from the outside looking in it, it feels like they're they don't really know what they're doing yeah it, it, it's the timing of it you know what i mean and like you said they've had squash matches on television and stuff like that so the, is this pro, promo needed I, you know go ahead i, I hate to I, sorry jimmy i hate to do this 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 the most cynical wrestling fan would say this, but so I'm gonna I'm gonna speak as them for the moment. No, go. This feels like, uh, you know, Indashir, Veer, and out there, and Gender as as a mouthpiece. They've been they've done the thing. We've seen what we've seen. This this feels like 
Vince stepped in today and said, you know what? We need a vignette for these guys <laughs> and get people excited. Like, like it was like he forgot or did not see that they have been on the show because he's not there every week. I, I don't know. I, but that's what it kind of felt like. I felt like Vince said, Hey, what are we doing with the, with gender and the, the guys from India? Oh, we need a vignette. Yeah, yeah. We need to debut those guys. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, what? Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah. hopefully it works out. I like I like the pieces. I just hope mm-hmm. things start to work out. And and I'm and, and I'm enjoying gender in this role as the the mouthpiece for these guys, you know, because I think that's that's he's fitting in well. It's just uh, you know, the timing of everything. Mm. Like you said. Um, as we go on, there's a Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn segment where they say they're open to challenges from anyone. And so Rhea shows up. She had a busy night uh, and mm-hmm. says Judgment Day is taking all of the titles before Dom has a match with Seth Rollins. And it's really just a ploy to beat up Seth Rollins. But the tag champs show up and even the numbers and they chase off the bad guys later tonight. We are going to get a six man tag team match. This isn't the part where it happened, but I don't want Fat Matt's super chat to sit here forever. So I'll just add, Dom sold Kevin Owens' stunner beautifully, mm-hmm. um, and he absolutely did. That's uh, dirty. That's dirty, Dom, to you, sir. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dirty Dom. Uh, but uh, I thought, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I thought Jimmy that this was a great uh, segment in that it built up the rest of the show and it made total sense. Everyone mm-hmm. who was a part of it did something that felt like it fit their character. Uh, mm-hmm. What say you? No, it did. It built up to the six man tag uh, perfectly. I thought the only issue again is timing of where this was placed in the show. You have your world heavyweight champion in the situation. They say, what are the two most important segments of a show? It's how you start and how you end. Maybe you have the match with Dom to start the show. You can have the little promo segment going on and then Seth and, and Dom look like they're going to get into the match and have this happen and have KO and them come out and make the save and set up. Okay. Tonight, this is what's going to be your main event. Like, or, or even have Seth come out and say, look, this was supposed to be the main event match of tonight. I'm facing Dominic Mysterio, but you know what? I want to get this over and done with. I want to teach him a lesson. Started off that way. It just felt like weird placement in the show for that to have your world heavyweight champion. Yeah, I um look, Rhea, Rhea is over like Rover. She's getting reactions from the fans. The um the the the, the segment by segment numbers are showing over the weeks that she's a, she's usually a, a trend up. So I almost wonder. I Jimmy, I agree with you on everything, but I almost wonder if their explanation for it is we're going to just sprinkle Rhea through this, through the show, because it's, 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 they're, so they're seeing something positive. I agree. It's not the most coherent way to do this, but I'm, but they have three hours. So I, I have to wonder if, cause she's, she's kind of the constant. She's mm-hmm. not even wrestling in, in the, 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 what ultimately happens is the six man tag. She's not even wrestling in it. She, of course, she's outside, but she's not even wrestling, but she's the common denominator that's in all of these. I must wonder. Yeah, I know it's funny you say she's not wrestling in this, but it almost felt like she was kind of teasing that it would be her and her and Dom. Mm. Uh, am I the only one that was yeah. kind of no, going, hey, yeah. is she kind of like kind of like uh, throwing out a feeler out there to see what people react? It almost felt like she was talking about her and Dom. Jimmy as a ref. Yes. How do you feel about intergender wrestling? You obviously were there when China mm-hmm. broke big ground in WWE. 
How do you if they set up if they if 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 they set up a match somewhere in the future, given how Rhea's so over, if they put Rhea in, in the ring versus a a male, what do you think of that? Uh, <clears throat> I hate to sound like this guy, but it depends on the situation. Okay. Like mm-hmm. like a, like for example, China. China was a special situation. She was uh, he, he. It was believable that she could hang with the guys. Yeah. And the big guys too. You know what I mean? And she was at one point a co-intercontinental champion. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a story with that one day. I'm going to tell you guys because uh, anyway. But, what a tease. Yeah, uh, I know. What a, oh, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. It went, I'm sure. I'm sure everybody was in favor of being co-intercontinental champions with with China. Oh, of course. <laughs> but but the thing is, after the match, uh, they were supposed to take the, one of them was supposed to take the title with them to the next town. They forgot it, so I had to take it. So I was carrying it, and I got dared by Tony Chimmel to wear it through the airport, and I did, and, and it <laughs> turned into a big kerfuffle but uh anyway uh like i said depending on certain situations ria is a special case where you can uh, i think it can work with uh, intergender with her um i believe certain individuals i guess in uh maybe becky to a certain extent uh maybe in natalia coming from the heart dungeon and pushing that but as a overall rule i don't know if it works see and i feel like I feel like I agree. China was special, and I feel like in the Attitude Era, you know, when like it was just like just society in general. I mean, in Attitude Era, it was the WWE, South Park, Jerry Springer. That, those were like the leading brands, and like so, it was just it was just a you know, limp biscuit. It, it was crazy. Just a, it was a crazy it was a wild time. time. It, it was the wild west of society at that time, right? <laughs> you know, I feel like now as there's been so many movements and attempts to just get better as society, be be more enlightened, be just better. I, I, how do you 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 have any offense against a female? How do you have a male have any offense against a female and then not right. just have bad looks all over it? Right. No, I yeah. hear you. I hear you. I, I always say, I you know, I straddle the fence here and say it depends, like everyone else. But uh, I, I always think I, I compare it to acting and like it, I, it, it's their job to make me believe it. So if they can make me believe it and make me like it, cool. But if it doesn't work it's not going to work. You know what I mean? And it's such a straddle the fence answer, but like, you know, when they were like Robert Pattinson, the sparkly vampire is going to be the new Batman. A lot of people are like, how's he going to pull that off? He's an actor. It's his job to bulk up and make me believe he's Batman. Um, So I'm not against the idea of it, but you've got to make it work, you know? Um, So as we continue on, we get to, uh, by the way, Dream Realm Studios with a super chat saying, happy birthday to TJ Tyson Kid Wilson. Yeah. Um, I hope he still has just the front, like growing out in the rest shape or, or not. Yeah, he did that for a while. Actually, I think he grew out the top at some point, but I still Uh, like to pretend uh, it's shaved in just the front. A fantastic in-ring performer whose career cut short, way short. Very good. Very glad he's still working, though, to help put together yes. matches and stuff like that because every time i feel like every time there's a great match especially in the women's division they're like oh yeah tyson kid put it together like mm-hmm. crazy he's he always does good stuff yeah um someone who else did uh some crazy stuff today ricochet came out and called logan paul of all people unprofessional uh paul comes out and they go back and forth um uh, I, I I know I, I make a lot of comments about Logan Paul, and I always say he's the greatest celebrity wrestler of all time. I love Ricochet, but Justin, I think Logan Paul cooked Ricochet on the mic on this one. Without a doubt, I don't know because I don't know if Logan Paul is just 
loaded up on that caffeine from his prime drink or what. <laughs> but you, you sit here, you're watching this, and I'm like, you know, Ricochet, I'm happy he's getting the opportunity. But Logan Paul just, yeah. I mean, Logan Paul, I mean, and I get it. Like, Logan Paul's got a level of charisma that's 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 pretty up there. So that's hard to match that kind of energy. Um, Ricochet doesn't get a ton of live reps on the mic. But, yeah, he just didn't sound... And like and like the idea of the match, you know, the viral stuff that they'll do, whatever. But I so first off, yeah, Logan Paul totally kicked Ricochet's ass verbally. Just made Ricochet just kind of seem like not in the same league. And then I can't help but like kind of think about they're saying it without actually saying it. So and so is unprofessional. He didn't want they're basically I mean, they are acknowledging that, you know, a little, you know, things didn't go completely to plan in that money in the bank match. So we're basically like building this, I guess, payoff match at SummerSlam based around a, a botched move. Mm-hmm. We don't normally say the words botched. Like those are things you don't that that's mm-hmm. not case. You know, you don't say that yeah. in storyline. You don't talk with it. But without them saying the B word, they're talking mm-hmm. about, oh, you're unprofessional. Or, oh, you didn't want this to look good or me to look good. You didn't want me to win or like they're basically saying you screwed up the move. Mm-hmm intention like i just can't get over that's actually what the underlying text is of this build that is a very um and i don't want to stir up the hornet's nest here that is a very aew kind of like storyline right jimmy like where they would sort of blur the lines or say like you know if this is for the hardcore fans that know what we're talking about kind of thing no, it is a little bit, but the only difference is AEW would be a little more uh, blunt about it. They wouldn't. They wouldn't be as, uh, you know, creative in trying to imply it, so to speak. They just come out and say it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's almost like it's almost like no okay, Fabe here, brother. You know that kind of thing. But uh, no, I, I get what they were trying to do here. Uh, but like you guys said, it just felt off because. Although there were a few good lines thrown out there, it's it's all in the delivery too, mm-hmm. and and it's all in the confidence level. And yes, uh, some people, as some people stated, uh, Ricochet showed a little more confidence tonight, but it's not there yet. If you know what I mean, he, he, it's just there's there's something lacking there, and, and it, he hasn't got there. Here's the other. Here's the other. Another and kind of like extended to that. Is I think at one point in the, in the promo, like um, Ricochet said something to the effect of like, "Oh, I'm gonna make you feel pain." Like, like yeah, I think he, I think that's what he said. Like, alluding to eventually mm-hmm. we're gonna have a match. I'm, I'm gonna, mm-hmm. and I just don't believe it. I'm looking at the two of them, and again, I've always said Ricochet, he's a, f- a fan favorite, kid favorite. You know, he does so, again. He 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 does a, a lot of what the heel Logan Paul is saying is true. He is a Ricochet is great for TikTok. He is great for viral. I don't believe that Ricochet is going to kick a lot of people's ass or make them feel pain, much less a guy that is Logan Paul's size in comparison and that Logan Paul has actually done real fighting. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the two. I'm like, I don't think Ricochet is going to make this dude feel pain. I think Ricochet could do some crazy things that make me go, whoa, and make me grab my wife and my kids and say, wow, look at this. And they, they all in the athleticism that he does, but it's not anything that's causing anybody pain. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like movie stuntman work. That's yeah. and so that's and I don't know. So I mean, I'm 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 kind of intrigued to see the match because I feel like they're gonna really go the extra mile again to try to have their viral moment or what ha- whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, Ricochet sounds out of place on the mic next to Logan Paul, and again, tail of the tape. I looks like Logan Paul would kick his ass in the streets in about a minute. 
this and the way that Logan Paul was effortlessly deflecting everything that Ricochet said to him, like there was a moment I thought it was a mic drop moment where Ricochet said something along the lines of like, no one wanted to see you win as Logan Paul is getting a selfie with a kid at ringside going, nobody, nobody mm. wanted to see you win as he's getting selfies with people. It's like, yeah, you know, it's hard to say no one wanted to see him win when he's literally getting a selfie with a fan at ringside mm -hmm. as he's saying that. And then the flip over the top rope, it, wildly impressive. And he's like, yeah, that's a TikTok thing. I don't do TikTok. Mm -hmm. And it was like, dude, like, yeah, it, 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 I don't know if that's what they were going for with this. And, and I'm I'm definitely team Ricochet. Like, I love Ricochet. I want to mm -hmm. see him do well. But I think that this just was not set up for him to be successful in this. Um, yeah. But, I mean, uh, the, the only advantage he has is the, the, the crowd is naturally against Logan Paul because they see him as an outsider trying to invade their mm -hmm. their domain, so to speak. Sure. Um, we got Becky Lynch versus Lo Zoe Starks, and it's made clear to us that Zoe Starks is a pit bull uh, because they mentioned it about 15 times. Uh, Becky does what's become a bit of a signature move for her with that guardrail slam thing and lots of shenanigans, but it ends with Zoe getting a roll-up for the win. Jimmy, I know you say that these roll-ups are a pain, but I kind of felt like based on this match, it was the right move. Do you agree? It could have been if they'd have done it just, just a little more, a little differently. That's all. You know, because, yes, she got distracted by Trish and gave, you know, gave Trish that dropkick or whatever to, to the outside as a distraction. Mm -hmm. But if it was just one little thing added to that, like where, let's say, you know, Becky runs to the to the ring, does the dropkick through the ropes and takes that back bump. And as she's getting up, just grab the back of her head for a split second, like, ooh, that hurt. Then the roll up mm -hmm. like she like she kind of dinged herself. Right. Then I could, buy, but it's just, it's, it's being used too often now. And so, the, it, and, and because of that, for me, it loses something because it's just, a, just a plain roll up out of nowhere. You know, Justin, again, I'm bad with this kind of stuff. So I'm not going to say ever. It certainly isn't ever, but this has to be the biggest upset win on raw in a very long time for Zoe to get a win over Becky Lynch. Yeah, on paper it is. I, I mean, I shared I shared Jimmy's uh, critique, um, but on paper it is. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm still I'm, I'm kind of eh still with this right now. Uh, I, and I will again. I have to say again, it feels like a, it feels like a a Vince post-it note. Vince Vince loves to he loves to drive home uh, analogies to to animals or to objects remember when otis was the tree trunk yes you couldn't hear about otis about without him being a tree trunk for the longest time right uh I, so it's, it's another one of those things i just kind of ch chuckled of uh, if he's faxing in notes from stanford yes uh, uh, she's a pit bull damn it <laughs> yeah it definitely felt like that because yeah i I think they said Pitbull at least five times in this mm. match. Um, but I, I I was just happily surprised. I Going to this match, I was like, well, Zoe's going to lose this one. It'll lead to Trish versus uh, Becky at SummerSlam or whatever. But uh, surprise. I was pleasantly surprised. Um, mm. But uh, we move on and we get to Alpha Academy uh, with a graduation 
Uh, Maxine, my favorite part of this, the crowd is chanting, you deserve it to Maxine for graduating Alpha Academy. Does she? She's been in the group for like three weeks. That's when you know you have the audience hooked. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we need to pump the brakes on the you deserve it chance a little bit. But Justin, you're right. I, I, I mean, like, take, take it they, away here. If they, if they would have said, you know, when she's given her acceptance speech, talk forever, <laughs> you would have known. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, I mean, yeah. Look, here's a, what is interesting though is like she's really over, which is not. I mean, that's not rocket science, mm-hmm. right? Pretty girl who's got charisma. She's got good timing with her lines. She got taken from the unpopular male model thing. She's now a graduate under Master Gable, you know. So nobody wants to boo her, you know. They, they you know, and then there's there's the the, the there's the easy, uh, light sexual of oh, we're gonna take her ga- gown off and what we, what do we have for her? and all this stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So sh- that's easy. What's what's interesting though is that the, the Alpha Academy is the baby phases based upon what gets ready to happen when the Viking Raiders come out. But yet the crowd tonight, at least in Buffalo, they were kind of still booing Chad Gable and and his. I can't, so I can't figure it out. Some some nights, some towns, Chad Gable's really over the thank you, the shoosh. He's he's like the most popular guy. Other nights, like tonight, he was getting booed. He's getting booed, but Maxine and, o- and Otis are getting cheered. So I do think what they need to figure. They need to like, and I and I do think this is somewhat. I think this whole thing is a bit of an audible. Anyway, I think this is pretty fresh. I don't think that they planned for this months ago. I think they had actually planned for whose side is Otis going to go on. Mm-hmm. And then they called the audible and said, no, Maxine's the, the the draw here. Let's move her in with these guys. So they do need to get everything in sync and establish that Alpha Academy or the baby faces. You need to cheer and laugh at Chad Cable and I boo him if they're going to be opposite the Viking Raiders. But all that X's and O's aside, I was entertained by this. It was fun for what it was. And uh, But again, what could they fight over? A varsity letterman jacket. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm imagining next week I'm going to see Valhalla standing next to a trash can barrel, and she's going to be burning the jacket, and that's going to oh, one hundred percent. It's going to be the great. That's going to be the great strife in this. Mm-hmm. That'd be a great bit if uh, she went to be like, oh, there's already something in here. She just pulled out all the stuff that people have burned in trash cans backstage yeah. over the years. Oh like, my goodness! Oh, it's Steve Ambrose's shield gear. Okay. Oh, yeah. there's a. Oh, uh, oh here's a. Here, here's a Oh, here's a, a Firefly Funhouse puppet. Where did this come oh, from? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Where did this women's championship belt come from? Yeah, all these different, <laughs> uh, just different things. Uh, I, but, you know, it's funny. Just 24-7 title. Yeah. Pops I, out. I did notice what you were saying. I think I have a theory on this, and I haven't tested it, hmm. so it might not be okay. true. But the more Otis and Maxine act like a couple, the more the crowd turns on Gable. I think it's because mm-hmm. the crowd kind of because like and you'll notice today they were doing a lot of like the oh sexy Otis and that kind of stuff and mm. it, it feels like the more they do that the more they start to turn on Gable like they because they want to see them together so I think that's just again that's, I haven't time tested it that's an interesting that, take yeah. that is and again goes back to what was another thing in past creative years that they try to run with the Mandy Rose Otis thing. Were mm-hmm. that that oddball couple again? Odd. I mean, it, there are a lot of tropes that are coming back around mm-hmm. at the moment mm-hmm. here. That are uh, it's it's funny. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, I like I like all three of them. I like Gable yeah. and Otis, and I and I like how Maxine's filled with them. I, I feel bad for uh, Mansoor and the other guy. 
who just um, seem to uh, they, they just can't catch on anywhere. Well, because yeah. the other guy, the other, the other guy was Dio Madden on commentary for um, a hot minute. Then he right. was supposed to be one of the enforcers of, of retribution. I mean, he's just he, he's just had every dud possible. Right. Marseille, that's who it was. Marseille and Monster. Yeah. Marseille and Monster. Yeah. Marseille, yeah. Uh, I think they could still be a tag team just without her. In fact, I think it'd almost be better if they were just idiots without guidance. Um, trying to be uh, trying, idiots try, without guidance. That's well. what you, that's what you want your production notes to say when you're hitting out there. Idiots without guidance. Uh, yeah, that's it, the it name makes of my. Makes that's, for great merch, IWG. That's actually the name of my band's new album, Idiots Without Guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we uh, we move on. Shayna Baszler, mm -hmm. uh, she is practicing her cards, and uh, Emma comes and talks to her, so Emma's going to get beat up. They have a match pretty quick. Uh, mm -hmm. Baszler gets the win. Rousey comes out. They brawl Shayna Baszler to the outside and breaks things up. Uh, Jimmy, a lot of people have been asking for Shayna Baszler versus Ronda Rousey. How's it going for you so far? Oh, I, I'm okay. I'm interested in it. It's just, uh, I, I, I'm curious. I, it's, it feels like Ronda's being portrayed as the baby face here because she was the one who got turned on by her partner. So it, it feels like Shayna should be the heel here, but it, there's almost that, uh, uh, again, I don't want to compare it to someone else that we've been comparing to this anti Rhonda thing because, Oh, she's invading our space. She doesn't really want to be here. There's almost like this feeling um, from some of the fans that, uh, you know, uh, maybe she's not totally 100% uh, invested in being a, a WWE superstar, so to speak. So maybe, you know, there's some reports out there that she may be, her time may be coming to an end in wrestling and blah, blah, blah. So maybe that's, got people turned off whatever the reason is uh, she's being uh, at least booked like she's supposed to be the baby face but the fans aren't aren't siding with her yeah it reminds it i want to go to a tweet i saw justin uh from at justin labar shana's oh. match and the segment after with ronda was booked as if ronda is the face but the crowd seems firmly against her hmm. um what does that guy know what is that <laughs> Uh, can't find any beat? no <laughs> nothing intelligent ever said on twitter there justin but uh yeah it sounds like you echo the same thoughts as what jimmy's saying yeah no i'm i'm right there with jimmy it, it, it's it's weird too because like jimmy's saying nobody was requesting logan paul to come to wb right he's came to wb and you have to be honest you have to be really honest he's done really well with what's been given to him and and, and i think we've all agreed like his his exposure like it, it's it's an, it's you know why they're doing this right ronda rousey there was a time wb fans were clamoring for her i was in uh i, I was at mania 31 at the 49ers stadium mm -hmm. out there in San. Uh, it's not San Fran, whatever, San, whatever it is. Santa Rosa. Santa, yeah, whatever it is. Uh, yeah. The bill, the Levi Stadium. I was there when The Rock brought Ronda in from the front row and she hip tossed. I mean, like fans were clamoring for Ronda Rousey, who was once the biggest box office pay per view draw at that time for MMA. They were clamoring and they were clamoring for it because one, she's, you know, a believable badass. And, and maybe even more important than that, because it was documented that she was a passionate fan. Her nickname, Rowdy, was inspired and, and authorized by Roddy Piper. And she's a fan of pro wrestling. So so fan, it's almost like wrestling fans were clamoring for this legit 
badass MMA female star at a time where in pro wrestling we were starting to embrace the females more. The, 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 the women's revolution movement was right around that corner. They were embracing her coming. It was almost like, oh, Ron is going to come. She's passionate about wrestling. She likes it. She watches it. She's a fan. She's going to give it credibility. That was the vibe, you know, in 2015, 2016. And I was there at the Mania when she did the tag match with Kurt Angle against against uh, H and Stephanie. And, and again, she was over. The crowd was fully behind her. Somewhere along the way, there was just a huge revolt. And and you said it, Jack. I don't know if it's if I don't know if 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 the fans are feeling that she's not fully invested, whether it's because of whatever. I don't know. But yeah, that was my exact notes, and of course my tweet and everything. She's being booked like the babyface, but the there's no cheering for her. Nobody's cheering her. Everybody, everybody wants to see Shayna Baszler kick her ass and almost embarrass her. So do I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. Do you think we just expected too much from Ronda Rousey? I mean, I think you look at Logan Paul and Bad Bunny and the way they've handled things has just been stellar. But is it? A little, it is a little unfair to expect that much out of someone, right? Uh, yeah, to agree at least. That is, again, a great question, and it's another topic that we could do a whole podcast on. I'll try to answer it as, as succinctly as this. I think Ronda came – I think when Ronda – I think when we were clamoring for Ronda to come over and when she did, when we were clamoring for her, what do we have in the women's division? Charlotte had already started – like, you, you didn't have a whole – you know, the, 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 the and I love the Bellas, but yeah, the Bellas, there, there just wasn't – There, you wanted something new. Ronda came in, but at the same time Ronda came in, Becky exploded. Uh, since then, Bianca Belair has risen, and she was a she's over in her own way. Mm-hmm. Don't even get me started again about Rhea Ripley. We all know I love Rhea Ripley. I think we were clamoring for Ronda because we we needed a Ronda, but by the time Ronda got to WWE and really got settled in as a full time participant. We had others who were more full-time, who felt more natural, who felt more, there was more connection with the crowd, heel or face. And now it's like, I know we don't need, now Ronda looks forced compared to what Rhea does, compared to what Bianca does, compared to what Becky does, compared to what Raquel, Raquel Gonzalez does. We've given a push to Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan beat Ronda. I think now Ronda, Ronda almost missed her casting window, essentially. Yeah. And and kind of like the what, what, what Shana was saying in the promo, too, even though supposedly the heel in this thing that, you know, things were handed to Rhonda. Yeah. Whereas everybody else earned their spot, but yeah. you know, going through all the, the stuff they had to go through. Yeah. Right. Well, I will say if the play, if, if Rhonda is taking a break after this, which seems to be what all the rumors say, I don't know if they're accurate, but that's what the mm-hmm. rumors say. If that is the case and you're going to want a long-term Shayna Baszler as a bad guy, you don't, want her to be the the face in the situation so i I think even though it's a little clunky long term it might be the better route because if that's where you want her to be you can't have her be someone we all love and then suddenly go oh she's a bad guy now." right yeah i I feel like if 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 ronda and or wwe wants another surge of ronda box office business the best thing that could happen for ronda is she fights one or two mma matches and kicks somebody's ass just to get her name back in the cycle and the headlines there. Yeah. And that's the other thing. I think, you know, we all kind of laugh, not laugh, but we all kind of like were a little bit shocked that when Brock went back and did another UFC match, 
after mm-hmm. he came back to WWE and, and had been on his mm-hmm. Suplex City run. He he did it, but it's it's almost like it was just like a little slight reminder <laughs> that he's Brock F and Lesnar. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I almost wonder if, if Ronda again being out of the MMA ESPN, you know, like out of that real fight world. If again, it, again, she just melded into being just another 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 female right. participant, and we had That's all those other females that have have risen in these last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, baby, I am going to shout you out here. He said, "Uh oh, I'm going to die on the Rousey Hill all alone." Unless she's facing Becky Lynch, then you got me, buddy. I don't know. Why. I don't know why I'm always against. It. I, I always feel like I want the person that Becky Lynch is facing to win. Uh, but Fat Matt uh, with a super chat here says Ronda lacks personality, in my opinion. Mm, uh, I don't know if you, it's so much she lacks it is she doesn't, put, you know, put it out there as much. There it is there. It's just that I, she's not uh, emoting. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as I think she should. Cause yeah, her personality is one of the things that made her stand out in mm-hmm. UFC. That's what yeah. made her really become a, a box office there. I mean, she was mm-hmm. winning matches all the time too, but right. uh, yeah. much like Conor McGregor, it's <laughs> the, you know, selling the fight that made her great. Um, Cody, speaking of selling fights, Cody Rhodes comes out and he says, everyone has their own Brock Lesnar they're dealing with. Uh, and he wants a rubber match. Um, just in this segment was, um, I would say Cody Rhodes is one of the all time, well, at least currently one of the best at selling tickets to shows. That's felt like we know what he was doing. I know what he was trying, you know, saying uh, nothing shocking here, but he's good at sales pitches. Yeah, he is. I mean, um, you know, and then Brock's going to be there next week. They're in Atlanta, which is where Cody, you know, resides. And um, that'll be a big thing. And, yeah, I mean, we're gonna get a rubber match. Uh, I assume it's gonna have a stipulation attached to it, and it needs to. Um, it was kind of funny. The, bit, the the underlying question, the whole thing of this has been: we never actually have been told why did Brock? Why has Brock had a problem with Cody? Why did Brock present himself as a partner for Cody, and then turn on Cody, and then this whole thing? And we've had two brutal matches. And then Cody even said he I forget the words, but he even said in the promo somewhere like he's not even sure what Brock's problem was with him and. So that is kind of funny to me, but um, but nonetheless, you know, they're the two big box office names, and so yeah, you should have them have a rubber match at SummerSlam. That's what you're gonna get. Uh, Cody is over, 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 man. I mean, with, he comes out and and he's hugging and kissing babies and the song and the singing along with the song. I mean, he is. We can say Roman Reigns is still the champion, which is the right thing, as we talked about earlier at the start of this podcast. Uh, and it did not seem to harm Cody. Cody has still got the people strongly behind him. So WrestleMania was no harm, no foul. Yeah, I, I think, and, and I want your thoughts on this, Jimmy. But again, I was chatting with some friends about this uh, earlier. And uh, speaking of Cody still being over, uh, we were talking about how some some of the people who may have faced Roman and lost, they they lost all their momentum after that. And I was saying, if you're the kind of person that needs to be facing Roman Reigns to be over, then you shouldn't be the guy to beat Roman Reigns. And I think Cody having lost and still being this over proves that if he was to beat Cody, beat Roman Reigns down the line, he would be the right guy, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does make sense. I stumbled and, over my words a lot there, so I don't know if I lost lost but, uh, track but, there. But you're right. Again, I was one of those people who was questioning the decision at WrestleMania of uh, Roman retaining, and I'm thinking, 
boy, you know, in situations like that, it's easy to lose for, for the baby face like Cody to lose that momentum that he has. And it's obvious that he hasn't lost his momentum. It's almost like re-energized him. And this situation with Brock is a perfect opportunity to get some of that back, especially with that line that Cody threw out there tonight. Uh, he will be the next in line. You know, and he did kind of mention Seth, but I don't think that, uh, you know, that is his eventual destination. It's got to be him. He's got to prove himself against someone like a Roman who's being, you know, presented again over a thousand days as champion. He's what is he? Fourth longest reigning. Uh, uh, fourth. Yeah. Fourth longest reigning. WWE. I think it's, uh, it's East. Bruno Hogan and uh, Backlund. I think are the three. Yes. I had a, yeah. So, you know what I mean? They're putting a lot into this and if he holds it to the next WrestleMania and it does happen there, it'll mean just that much more. And it could set up, we talk about a rubber match here with, with Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam to set up a rubber match with him and Roman down the line as well. Yeah. I, I'd love to see with Cody, uh, assuming he, he's going to get their Brock here, uh, but he's not yet going to be challenging for a world title. So it's like, okay, what do you do for the, going into the fall months? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if big, if, if they can get Randy Orton back, Randy Orton versus Cody. And the oh. history when Cody was just a little pup in the shadow of the Rhodes name as part of legacy. And now he is what he is and he's done what he's done. But, and Randy's of course, if Randy is healthy and they can get Randy back, Randy Orton versus Cody Rhodes for the fall would be something to help carry Monday Night Raw. And I would be glued to that. Oh my goodness. You want to talk about yeah, two, two superstars that could talk people into the seats. Yes, sir. Oh, that that would be that'd be so good. Yes. I'd love that. I would love to see that play out. Um, we got uh, we got to move on to the Miz versus Champa. It's a hardcore one uh, where it basically ends with right before Champa can get the win, Reed shows up and destroys Champa, allowing Miz to get the win. Justin, I know Bronson Reed is your boy. How do you feel about him being uh, aligned with the Miz? Miz the heat magnet it's good it works um and this is where i said earlier in the night when we did the news uh, i could see johnny gargano gargano popping back up johnny and and champa obviously have a long history of 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 partners and rivals and if champa is uh outnumbered right now with miz and reed that seems like that'd be a a nice little fun tag team match for summerslam Mm -hmm. yep it it sounds uh, and Jimmy, it sounds exactly like a uh, the kind of match you want at SummerSlam. No, absolutely. And I like the little nuances where they didn't overtly say that Bronson Reed was under the tutelage or uh, you know in the pocketbook of uh, the Miz, so to speak. It's, yeah. It was implied. Yes. So th- there's still that, that hmm, was he or wasn't he? I know, obviously, it looks like he was at, uh, you know, at the behest of Miz. Uh, uh, for some uh, maybe financial gain, but at the same time, it left a little bit of a question. So it was it was done well, and it proved again why Miz is so valuable in helping. See, even though Miz went over, I think Ciampa got over in this match, like we like to say. Yes, great. I actually really enjoyed this match. I also loved that the crowd wanted a table so bad, and they waited so long to do and, it, and you could yeah. hear the crowd just. Classic, I mean, just classic stuff. You and see, and, and don't see, give them what they want. And, and see, in a match like this where they did use weapons, it was the really the only match that did. It felt different than everything else on the show. It felt different. It's, and, and 
you you got into it more. Uh, Killer Styles, Styles actually with an interesting uh, reminder there. Reed first debuted with the Miz, so this is a bit of a callback. Um, Chelsea yeah, Green, and, oh yeah, and, com and commentary kind of uh, Graves kind of alluded to that. He said like we've seen Reed be paid by Miz before. Is this more of that? Like what's so? Yeah, there was some continuity. Um, Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville had a tag team match with Caden Carter and Katana Chance. Um, they get the win here, and I was a little thought it was a little weird that the number one contenders have to have a match with, for not the titles, but that's not the story here, guys. No, the story here was before the match when they're all getting ready to go out there, and Rhea Ripley shows up and stare down, stares down Raquel Gonzalez, printing money, baby, Justin. The money is Raquel versus Rhea. I think we know that. They know that. They have told us they know that. How long can they put off Raquel versus Rhea? Because that feels like a... I don't know if they're going to get time to it to SummerSlam, but it also doesn't feel like a payback match. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I uh, Payback's going to be here in Pittsburgh, so I'd love to see it in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the, the women's tag team titles seem so irrelevant. They just yeah. do. You know, uh, so that that's just kind of dismiss that. But yeah, Raquel to me has uh, has an it factor that she's got something worth. You know, she's her size. She's taller. She's muscular. She's still, you know, she's out there. She does a back pose. I don't. I just. I and she's good in the ring. I, I like Raquel, and then mm -hmm. so I think that's where you go. But yeah, I don't know what the timeline is. I, I don't know that. Um, but but any. I have to admit that this whole segment's obviously based around women's tag team and the women's tag team division has just been i'm so uninterested mm -hmm. just because of the way things it has nothing to do of any of the performers themselves i'm just uninterested in the context of the women's tag division right now it's you know and i agree it's they'll have teams that come together they're like oh that's an interesting team but then you know like katana chance and caden carter they came in they were built as these plucky underdogs now they've lost like three in a row. And so now that contribution to the tag team division seems doesn't really seem that helpful. But then I think besides Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville, who are the other tag teams that are right. the champions? And so yeah. Yeah. it immediately makes it a little bit less interesting. But Jimmy, any any uh, takeaways on this one? Again, I, I feel mm -hmm. bad. The, ta the match itself kind of just overshadowed by the idea of Raquel versus Rhea. Yeah, I, again, I, I, I talked about seeds being planted. It almost felt like this was a seed being planted for next week. Is there a situation where uh, Rhea does something to, uh, you know, cause a, a little bit of a, um, a possible title change next week? You know, and we and see new tag team champions that because at, because of uh, Rhea doing having some kind of inter interaction with uh, Raquel. I don't know, but the the seed, in my opinion, has definitely been planted. When it gets uh, watered, we'll see. Yeah, and then to the tag team point, though, if they lose the titles next week, yeah, that's like then it will have gone from Rousey and Baszler, or uh, I guess I was thinking because they beat Isla Dawn and um, uh. Oh, I'm I'm blanking out on her her the NXT tag team champions Isla Dawn and um, oh what was it? uh Alba Fire they oh, beat yeah. them yeah so they they merged they end that tag team 
well, that team's there, but they lose a title. And then for Baszler and Rousey to just lose the titles, and then for Raquel and Liv to just lose the titles, it really makes yeah. that championship feel like, what are we even doing here? No, I hear you. I hear you. But uh, again, it, it, it's, uh, they got to do something to spice up this division and get people interested, especially the, to where this match was placed on the card. It was like right before the main event. So it's kind of like, hmm. yeah, felt yeah. felt almost a little like filler. And and one of those situations where ah, we need more women on the show. It's uh, yeah, it's a shame because I think that uh, Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville should be champions and they'll be great champions, but it's hard to be great champions when there's no one for you to have matches with. Cause I don't, if they win the titles, I don't want to see them just have another match with Caden Carter and Katana chance again, you know? Um, cause they just did that. And they also just beat everybody in the division. So I think there needs to be, again, we're, you know, obviously we went through the women's revolution and, and trying to get more equality for the women and what have you. Mm-hmm. I think they, they made a lot of strides. I think there needs to be just a um, just a blunt statement needs to be made. You either need to say we're going to have a women's only show that's on Peacock to where you can have two hours each week to have more women featured. And that would then give, you know, and, and the tag team titles can be the gem that can be the main event every single week. You already have two women's world champions. All right. Now you're trying to do a tag. Team. You either need to do that. Or you just need to scratch having women's tag team titles and say, look, just because the men have tag team titles and the men have this, the men have that, doesn't mean that we have to give the women the same amount of titles just because. Because obviously, like the ratio on the show, the ratio on Raw, the ratio on SmackDown, the women are not going to always get mm-hmm. equal or more time than the men. So if they're not going to, the, the, you just stop. Stop for PR sakes of handing out the same amount of straps just to because it, mm-hmm. it just because then it just makes those straps seem what they are now just worthless in, in some capacity. Yeah. I think that yeah. that's where we've kind of gotten ourselves. They have a lot of great women talent. That's great. Sign all the great women talent you can, but you don't need to yeah. manufacture titles. Yeah, until unless you find yourself in a position where the roster size of the women is the same size as the roster of the men, because yeah. you're right. Right now, I, I I don't know what the number would be offhand, but it, it is like there's like four guys for every one girl on the right. roster, and so right. you you need more championships right. for that reason. Um, but yeah, it, it just it, I feel like if you don't because I I think if you were to just quietly disappear those titles i don't know how long it would take me before i realized they weren't on tv anymore you know what i mean kind of like the 24 7 title they just kind of quit showing yeah. it and I, you're oh they haven't shown that in a while right um because it's just there's just not a division for it if they had a division for it i'm happy for it but um we got a uh, a six-man tag team match i love there's a pre-match uh, promo where the good guys were all talking about how the game plan is just break their noses and win, which I thought was great. Um, the match was a pretty unpredictable main event with Judgment Day getting on the same page and getting the win, ending in a hug. And Justin, it looks like all the tension and turmoil in, just, in Judgment Day is gone, and 
they can just put it behind them and it'll never be an issue again, right? Yeah, it's a nice little swerve. Everything's fine. And then, <laughs> then the next the next mishap's going to really be a big explosion. Uh, it's also kind of smart, too, to have them look like they're all in unison because they're, they're promoting that tomorrow night on Tuesday they're going to be in NXT. So Judgment Day, if in ruins and miscommunications, not as dangerous of a threat to NXT if they're in that state. So the fact that they are, you know, presumably riding high is good for the threat of them going to NXT tune in tomorrow NXT to see that. But yeah, obviously uh, another shoe is going to drop here soon. Um, uh, six man tag was what it was. It's actually a little clunky. If you go back and watch it, I'm not sure if there was a uh, lack of communication or what have you, but if it, as they went through the final two minute sequence, uh, just, there was some mishaps. It was what it was, but uh, yeah, judgment day, Certainly, the, the the story to watch here for Raw. Yeah, um, I would say when you see a mishap on Raw, it reminds you. I know a lot of people will like, like "Bosh, this guy's whatever." I always think, think about how rare, think about how much happens on every single episode, and how rarely you see things clunky. Like that's incredible how good these people are. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Jimmy, any uh, any takeaways? No, I thought I thought the match was fine for what it was, and there was, you know what I mean, and you. You saw that the hot tags worked, and and you know, and and as as, as I forget who it was mentioned earlier, Don taking that stunner from uh, KO. Yeah. Look, uh, somebody said very Razor Ramonish. Yeah, so, you know, it was like it it was a fun match, and it and it did. I think it served its purpose. It got its, it, it, you know, having Judgment Day go over, looking strong, looking like the contenders, not only for uh, a you know Seth Rollins. Uh, world title but also having uh, being you know in their sights but also tag team titles mm-hmm. you know what i mean they look like they're challenges for all these titles and they look like again they look like they've put in their differences behind them but then again earlier in the night we saw so um it, it, it it's kind of one of those situations where okay let's see where this leads to let's see if they can continue to be on the same page Something I always like, too, is when the teams that are always together beat the teams that are put together. Like, it always kind of bothers me when, like, KO and Sammy, they don't work with Seth Rollins all the time, so they shouldn't be able to work together better than the Judgment Day. The Judgment Day should get the win here because they're the established team, even though there's some tension in there. But um, Plus, obviously, if we get a tag team match down the line or something now that's set up for it, but um overall i think that does it for the show uh before we go though justin it's been a while let me know your final thoughts on the show and where can the world find you online the show was okay it wasn't my most entertaining three hours but there was it was okay we're definitely uh we're starting to heat up SummerSlam. i definitely look at neck I, I look at the next two weeks i mean you got to really spice things up here as we approach SummerSlam. SummerSlam's at the start of august which is new in the last couple of years um, so you got to really spice things up. And I think we talked about tonight that the makings are there, you know, the stipulation for Cody and Brock and, 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 and we're, we're there. So, um, yeah, overall, I'm, I'm ready to see an exciting SummerSlam. And then again, uh, a month later, payback here, Labor Day weekend in Pittsburgh, uh, first premium live event we've had here since 2018. Uh, mm-hmm. very excited to see. Cool. And just by the name payback. And it helps. You can't help but think about the bloodline. Oh, what what is going to be the theme around that show? Who's going to be the, the the driving factor to the payback theme? I love when they have like when the name plays into the theme like that. Like mm-hmm. not in the over to nail on the head, uh, 
uh, Hell in a Cell name, but like, like I always like the name Backlash being after paper after WrestleMania. Cause like, what what's the backlash of what happened at the biggest right. show of the year and that kind of stuff. So, I uh, love that. But uh, Jimmy, how about you? Where can we find you online? And uh, what did you think of the show? Uh, I thought the show was okay. There were some slow moments, and it, you know, it had some dips and valleys. But at the same time. Uh, it furthered some storylines, like Justin said. I'm looking forward to this thing ramping up going into SummerSlam, though, like you said. Next week, it looks like they're starting to step it up a little bit. Like you mentioned, Brock returning, the women's tag team match next week, uh, Matt Riddle versus Gunther for the IC title. So they're, they're, they're already promoting some stuff going on. Um, you know, at SummerSlam, we'll get a stipulation with Ronda and Shayna. Uh, I know it was mentioned on here, and I think we've mentioned it here before, uh, a potential um, fight pit match. I would love to see that, yeah. Between them two, that, which I think would be nice, uh, nice little added something to, to their uh, rivalry. And as, uh, But again, it was okay. Raw was okay. It, it, I, I won't say it was bad. It wasn't good. It, 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 was, it was fine. It was fine for what it was. And as far as we can catch me, you can catch me here with Triple J on Monday nights. And uh, Wednesday nights, it's uh, Justin and I are back with uh, usually with Issa uh, looking at Dynamite, reviewing that. Uh, you can check the Refn It Up podcast uh, with my good brother in stripes, uh, Brian Hebner and I with our host, uh, RJ, uh, drops every Wednesday. This week, it's a it's a little bit of a recap of Best of Earl Hebner. So mm-hmm. you can do that. Last week, we did an Ask Us Anything, you know, um, podcast where we answered um their questions fans questions and uh yeah my reference from monday to friday where i like i said i do my little critiques but it's not to tear down it's to help tighten screws and hold in my opinion and help build up and jack i want to let everybody know in addition to the podcast stuff that jimmy just said uh later this week i will have an interview that you can catch some of the video on my socials uh with carrying cross oh very cool so tiktok TikTok. Oh, that's a that's a good one. That'll be an interesting one. I've uh, he every time I hear him uh, in interviews, I always think he just seems like one of the coolest guys. So I'll have to yeah. check that out. Everyone should check it, check that one out. Um, and everyone who's in the chat as well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I thought the show was a little chaotic this time around. I don't know. I, it was a fine show, but it definitely felt like there was felt like a lot of stuff was happening uh, all at once. But. Um, that said, uh, you can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media where you can find all the stuff I'm working on. Remember to like, comment, share, subscribe. Shout out to uh, Danny Cochran, by the way, who says he's heading over to iTunes to put in my five-star review for Triple J. Thank you so much. Danny. There you go. Absolutely. Everyone else, make your way on over. And everyone who's been in the chat, thanks so much. I want to give a shout out to our lurkers who are in here. Dark Money Zone, O-D-J-O. Uh, Danny Cochran said he was a, a lurker, but... Brian Eosky's boyfriend Welch as well. Uh, shout out to Ricky Zaldivar, T- uh, Tommy O, Zook Enigma, R- Rocky's in the house, Rick Plot, Killer of Demons, Dream Realm Studios, Bernie DC, Killer Styles, KOD, uh, Leonard James, Baby Ice, Jason S, King Kia, Danny Lewis, a lot of folks, Gary Furness, uh, Chris Bricks, Huffman Elite Training. And- and uh, everyone else, uh, appreciate bunch of you creepers. Lots of lots of folks here. Thanks so much for uh, for joining us. That does it for this time. Make sure to tune into NXT tomorrow for the after show. It's going to be a good one. And follow out wrestling for all the latest news. That does it for us. See you next time.